Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Security Repo Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be touching on a subject that's really been affecting everyone lately, and that's remote work, particularly remote development environments. Since the pandemic, nearly everyone has gone remote. And even though that pandemic is hopefully in the past, a lot of people aren't returning back to the work. So what security implications does working from anywhere actually create? And more importantly, what can we do about it? This is the exact topic that we're going to be covering with the next guests on our podcast. Vedran and Toma are from Code Anywhere. Code Anywhere is a cloud integrated development environment. But that, as you're about to find out, means a whole lot more than just moving Visual Studio or whatever IDE you use into your browser. And it introduces some security benefits that are particularly relevant in this new remote work world. Today, we are joined by two guests. First is Vedran, the CTO and co-founder of Code Anywhere. He started working on this company alongside with their CEO and co-founder Ivan 12 years ago, and they were the first in the cloud development environment market. So they really have experienced doing this long before anyone would have predicted the pandemic to happen. And while Code Anywhere has really made some leaps and strides, they are still working to bring their absolute vision into reality. Vidran is joined by Toma, who is a very impressive individual and at the young age of just 22 is one of the lead developers and in charge of all the business to business integrations at Code Anywhere. But don't let that young number fool you. Toma is full with amazing knowledge that far surpasses his age and if I'm completely honest, makes me feel quite inadequate. But Without further ado, I want to dive straight into the conversation with myself, my co-host, Dwayne McDaniel, Toma Advedrin. I think everyone listening to this has some familiarity with local development environments and you know, getting your local spun up. Uh, that's not what y'all do. You're from Code Anywhere. Why don't you just give us a very high-level overview of like what is Code Anywhere? Or just... Uh- yeah, sure. So Code Anywhere started as basically a browser ID 12 years ago, I think. And uh, Vedran here is the CTO and co-founder of Code Anywhere. And his idea basically was to just allow everyone, anyone to code anywhere. So you could connect via FTP or SSH into your basically production servers then and then just code using the browser ID. Uh, but their vision was basically to allow anything you want to be coded in the cloud. Uh, and their vision actually shifted a bit because it's now isn't just a browser ID and the browser ID is just a commodity, would say. Uh, the main like power befi- behind our platform is the actual cloud development environments uh, because cloud development environments allow you to actually run any kind of code in the cloud and you can connect to that cloud development environment via any ID that can support SSH. So for example, JetBrains IDs and VS Code uh, out of the box support uh, SSH connections. And the browser ID is just there for convenience, we'd say. So we don't really rely so much on the browser, uh, let's say programming component, but we actually emphasize the power of 
your code running in the cloud and the security basically of of your code running in the cloud. Um, I want to dig in for something you said out uh, there because I think that's a little bit of confusion in the market right now. Uh, you made a distinction between a cloud development environment and a cloud IDE. Um, what, can you define that a little bit better? Yeah, sure. Uh, so it actually is one of the main, I'd say, like uh, blurry lines between just a cloud ID and just and the cloud development environment. So the ID part of it is just the interface. It's just an ID with, I don't know, File Explorer, type in your code, and that's it, save a file. And the cloud development environment part of it is where the actual code lives and where it's executed. So the difference being is that you could ha have a browser-based ID connected to your local file system, I guess. Uh, but the cloud-based development environment is much more powerful in a sense that you can have any code executed remotely in the cloud environment. But uh, as I said, the cloud or browser-based ID is a commodity in a sense that you don't need it to code in the cloud development environment. You could also code, as I said, in JetBrains and VS Code as well. And you wouldn't say that JetBrains and VS Code are cloud IDs because they're basically local, local programs. So it's very important to have the distinction between a cloud ID and the cloud development environment or CD as it's now basically popularly called. So you're defining the IDE as the interface where you type, where yep. you actually interact yep. with the code versus um, like what's actually running bash behind it, what's actually executing the, well, the executable you're writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. So the ID, just an interface, the development environment, everything behind it, everything that's running the code. Does this kind of help solve the problem too of uh, the typical it worked on my machine issues? I mean, what are the, what are the main reasons why everyone should be moving towards uh, you know, a cloud development environment? What, what are the benefits compared to running it? Yeah, so I'm actually glad you phrased it that way because I, I had a series of talks last year at conferences called Solve the But It Works on My Machine Problem with CDEs. So uh, actually CDs are, I'd say, the most powerful tool to battle the it works on my machine problem uh, because the it works on my machine problem stems from the fact that your machine and my machine are very, very different. Uh, you might have, I don't know, Java 10 installed. I might have Java 12, but we need Java 11 to run the project. So it's a matter of how, how you configure your development environment did you correctly configure it and can you run any other project? And with CDs, basically what they allow you to do is to have a development environment specifically tailored and configured for that specific project. And not just the project, the specific commit or feature that you're developing will have its own development environment. So for example, if you want to migrate your code from Java 10 to Java 11, for example, you don't want to... Uh, break everyone's environment you just create a feature branch for example and then in that feature branch you would code on java 11 and make the migration but if you want to uh, code back again on the feature branch that has java 10 it's pretty hard to configure that locally right you have to again uninstall 11 or configure again your environment to use 10. with cloud development environments it's just a matter of clicking a button and when you click the button we at basically code anywhere, what we do is we take the configuration of that environment and we spin up 
the environments tailored to that point of your project. And uh, the important thing here is uh, actually to mention infrastructure as code. So uh, I know in, in your blog post, you talked a lot about IAC and how that's uh, becoming more and more popular now. And uh, IAC as a concept can be well translated into uh, cloud development environments where you have a configuration that describes everything your project needs to be able to run on the cloud development environment. So for example, in this case, we have we would declare in the configuration that you need Java 10, for example, and Java 10, I don't know, Postgres, Redis, and anything you might need to run the project. And then when you create the environment, you are guaranteed that the environment will have Java 10 and Redis and Postgres. So uh, that basically eliminates the, but it works on my machine problem completely because each developer is guaranteed to work on the same machine. It's just a matter of that the machine is not on your machine, it's on the cloud actually running. So that's the uh, something I have run into time and time again. Back in my days when I was working with uh, JavaScript a lot more, the node, the NVM problem of what version am I in? Did I remember to switch? I'm starting to write bash scripts to tell me to switch as I switch branches. It's starting to get really, really, really complicated. Uh, so every time I get in a situation like that, I'm like, okay, I just need to spin up a cloud environment. And I'm really grateful for you guys. Um, you know, full transparency. I've been a Code Anywhere fan for many years. So I'm very excited to talk to you here today. Uh, but this is a security podcast. So I do want to steer the conversation in that direction. Um, of course, we can talk about the benefits of all of this all day. And yes, definitely IAC um, crossover. That may be a good entry point in the security conversation. But what are, are there security benefits to this approach versus the traditional local environment push into the um, dev environment? So I'd say that security is one of the main benefits uh, to CDs along with the but it works on my machine problem elimination. So uh, security, uh, especially in large enterprises that are very security heavy, I, I'd say that CDs are much more secure than your local environment. So for example, when running CDs, there's no need for anyone's machine to have any Git credentials, any repo access, any pipeline access from your local machine, uh, because all the code is executed and basically lives in the cloud. All the credentials are stored inside the uh, inside the CD. So that means that uh, there's no security risk in I don't know. I leave my laptop, for example, in a cafe and someone steals it and goes through my laptop. There's no code actually no company code ever touching my machine locally. So another thing is that you can configure the security of the CDs running inside the company to anything you like. You can throw VPNs on it, firewalls, whatever you want. You can allow your employees to only access the CD inside a VPN inside the company. So security is much more configurable and much more manageable when everything is running in the company cloud, in the company infrastructure, because then the company itself is responsible and can make all the security decisions it can. Whereas where you have code living locally on your machine, there's, I think, much more threat to, and I don't know, some malicious takeovers from phishing or for, for example, stuff like that. 
just to play the devil's advocate a little bit here, are there any additional security risks that this will bring? And the one that kind of where my brain goes into this is that it sounds like we have a bit more of a central point of failure in the sense that developers have become real big targets for attackers. We know that they're really targeting repositories or source code because there's secrets and other sensitive information in there. I understand the points of configuration, but are there any risks that this could introduce with companies wanting to adopt it in terms of misconfigurations or central points of failure where now an attacker compromised a developer account but has access to you know, everything? Yeah, so uh, I, I'd add on that. Uh, there is definitely a, a additional security uh, risk that is um, not present in traditional um, development environments that are on uh, physical computers. And uh, there is a blessed radius if someone compromises the cluster where all of those development environments are. So as Thomas said, uh, there is a security benefit of not having anything locally. But again, if security is not adopted in the company's cloud, uh, then there is a blast radius that, 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 that is much uh, higher uh, or larger than on a traditional uh, development environments living locally. I'd say that uh, also, uh, I didn't mention that, uh, the benefit of CDs are also real-time collaboration where you can share the running CD instantly with anyone. So for example, I want to develop a feature that requires attention from the QA, the PM, and I don't know, some designers. You can instantly share your progress by enabling uh, them to view a preview link, for example, of the running code, or actually jump in a real-time collaboration session really easily because then you could just connect the same uh, CD and have real-time uh, synchronization of files and uh, code and such. And with that, I'd say that that can pose a more significant security threat if that isn't managed correctly. If you allow developers to share the environment with anyone, you can you can expose the their environment to some outside access that isn't isn't uh, intentional so in that sense that's like the most direct i'd say security threat uh, but as vedran mentioned if someone were to ac gain access to the entire cluster where the cds re reside it could pose a threat to secrets being exposed uh, from from users using that cluster right on so it sounds like if the security team is on top of it and they are already in uh, using best practices and already implementing the right approaches, this is going to help them spread those approaches to everyone consistently across the board. But the downside is a misconfiguration once is now a misconfiguration for all. Uh, I'd say that uh, that is much more manageable because then you know that if your security team has everything covered, you should be covered. It lessens the risk of individual developers to to leak any sec uh, secrets or, uh, and such. And I, I'd say that there is one more point to all of this that tightens the security even more. Uh, if you have this deployed inside your cluster, you can actually restrict uh, users from using any Docker images that aren't vetted from security. You can only enable, I don't know, you can use Docker image from this tag because it 
has been completely vetted by security. So that's another point that can reduce the maliciousness of code running in the CDs. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a comment is that, of course, I mean, you're never going to have anything that eliminates all security considerations. But if you centralize security you, and you're trusting the security people with security and infrastructure people with infrastructure, you know, then that's a better situation than I think where a lot of organizations are, if they're honest, which is they're trusting the developers with security for a lot of things. Um, so I think that I think that the approach is is, is definitely good, but but of course we, we have to play devil devil's advocate. So I'm glad I asked my question. <laughs> Left philosophy of uh, let's just let the developer do it, <laughs> put them in charge. Uh, the other thing um, benefit I see uh, is one of the bigger problems in code leakage out there that you know we know from our reports like state of secret sprawl um, is people eventually push the wrong repo to the wrong remote sometimes that just happens this seems like it would cut that down significantly because you're no longer like using the get transport method to get from your computer to the other environment because you're already in the other environment is do you see the uh, so i guess that's a question there could you still multiple remote from there and or it would just make more sense from a code anywhere thing, just like, all right, this is where this one goes. If you put it that way, then developer can really do whatever he would do on his local computer. So if if the security team, for example, restricts uh, access to other Git repositories, then the, the probability that he will do such a thing uh, is is less significant. Um, but in, in in a way, if if a developer has access to uh, other remotes, he he can do that as well. So the cloud environment doesn't restrict the developer in that in that sense. Again, as Thomas said, since the security is centralized, then it is much easier to restrict access to certain um, certain systems that are not um, approved or undesirable. So. At the uh, just to change it up a little bit, at the start of this uh, episode, you mentioned that you're going to be talking about some products that are actually in in beta. Um, so I guess taking the opportunity now, what what's what's new on the horizon at Code Anywhere? What what do you have in the lab that's uh, ready to make its way into the world? Yeah, so this new uh, platform that we're releasing is heavily focused on these business-to-business -business cases because we believe that CDs should be become the num number one standard for all uh, software companies and not just software companies, any company that has software developers inside because of the security implications, because of the uh, it works on my machine uh, problem elimination and because of... Uh, actually cost efficiency because we uh, we've seen that it's much more cost efficient to run these cloud development environments than to for, let's say pay for the top of the line uh, uh, top of the line computers for developers and also uh, this product is uh, heavily git centric uh, i don't think we mentioned it so it's your repository is the central uh, source of truth for all the code that you have and the environments are spun up from the repository uh, and it's heavily based on IAC, as we mentioned. So not IAC like infrastructure as code, but the IAC concept where you define everything as code 
translated into that configuration uh, enabling the CDs to adapt to the to the project. Yeah, yeah, uh, kind of, yeah, but we, uh, what we emphasize here is with the product is that we uh, just want to uh, make your local development better or just move the local development into the cloud and make the developer as efficient as possible. We want to eliminate all the setup requirements, all the time wasted for onboarding and, and stuff like that, but to keep the, the Git flow the same as it was, you push to Git and then the Git CI takes care of the rest, but the development process is much, much more efficient than before. Right on. And so as we're wrapping things up here, um, I do have kind of a, a lengthier question because it's really two parts. Uh, and that's what I ask you since we have you here about the onboarding process. There's two sides of that equation from what I can see. There is the onboarding a new employee into a company that's adopted cloud uh, uh, CD, um, cloud development environments. Sorry, I got a fire truck outside. Give me a second. Um, no worries. So there's the first part, which is uh, onboarding employees to a company that's already fully adopted cloud development environments, like the benefits there. We already talked about them a little bit, but I'd just love to hear you enumerate it. And the second one is, how do you get started with this? Like, what's the, is there a path? Is there a best practice you would say like i am new to cloud development environments i would love to get involved and like make that start making that transition or at least put my toe in the water um so just talk about onboarding in general yeah so the first point of onboarding new employees into quote-unquote cd companies uh, so onboarding here is really really easy and that's what we aim to offer with the platform where you just need to give repo access to the new employee and that's it they just need to push a button or paste the paste the url into the platform and they get the environment set up right away and they can actually start coding right away whereas with the previous approach without cds you have to get get them git credentials they have to read through pages of readme and uh, documentation what they need to install locally and stuff like that so the process of like coming into the company to start encoding is just as simple as giving Git credentials and pushing a button. Whereas with the previous approaches, give Git credentials, read through the readme, set, try to set it up, ask for help, and then it goes on for a couple of days. So the onboarding into CDs is really efficient and really, really fast for new employees. And for companies that want to adopt the CD approach, uh, what we do we tend to do with our business-to-business -business integrations is we uh, ask for them to just dip a toe in the water, give uh, give access to one of the teams that has a containerized project already, uh, because uh, we didn't actually mention it before. Uh, Code Anywhere as a platform is based on dev containers from Microsoft, and dev containers are uh, heavily based on Docker and Docker Compose. So if you have a containerized application, it really will uh, make the process of uh, in, of uh, transitioning into CDs actually a lot faster. So just give it to one team. They can play around, try to set it up. If it works out for them, you scale it up to the rest of the company. If, if it's not your cup of tea, we then try to uh, communicate with the team and with the company what's, what went wrong and can we help to adapt it. 
but most of the companies we reached out to and the companies that reached out to us were really, really satisfied with the onboarding of new employees and with the efficiency it brings. Uh, because once you get used to it, you just don't go back because it's so, so uh, efficient and fast. Well, we're coming to the end of of the podcast here it's been it's been really fascinating but i did have one last question to start wrapping it up is the called code from anywhere so i'm curious whereabouts are you guys coding from uh, at the moment so we're actually both in croatia i'm uh, in zagreb currently and vedran is in split uh, so uh, because it's code anywhere we actually try to code from anywhere so there's no central hq we're scattered all around the world so we actually code from anywhere. Quick follow-up on that. Do you guys keep stats on um, where people are phoning home from? Like, uh, what, what's the strangest place you've seen someone, like, code from? I don't think we actually... We could actually find a metric for that. That wasn't a question that's been raised from our side. But I'd say the, yeah. the interest, an interesting anecdote from my side is that... Uh, a couple of months ago, I had to send my laptop to for a keyboard fix. So I just plugged my phone into a monitor and coded from code anywhere for a couple of days. So I think that's a that's a cool feature of having your browser ID and connected into a CD. That that I think should be a story on your front page. Code. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for being a part of the Security Repo podcast. Um, I sure learned something today. And yeah, if you're out there uh, thinking about making this jump, and especially if you're in the process of migrating to cloud, this seems like a perfect fit and a perfect time to start embracing the future because, well, this isn't really the future. This is the now. Um, doing things locally in those manual setups, that just seems kind of dated at this point. So thanks for being part or telling us about this exciting future and for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. <laughs>